Hey, welcome to Jamcast. We're coming at you live, split screen from New York and also New Orleans, Louisiana. Happy to have Hunter Romero from the Iceman Special joining us today. Uh, Hunter, how you doing, man? Good, man. Just trying to stay busy down here as much as we can, you know? For sure. You guys have some cool shit going on tonight if you want to tell me about what uh, Iceman's got planned. So there's a cool place down here called the Pin Church, and it's uh, it's ran by the Mystic Crew of the Silver Ball, and we met them last year whenever we were coming out with our new album, Dr. Dude's Masquerade Parade, and uh, they have one of the top 50 pinball sort of collections in the world, and uh, sort of like a private arcade, so we... we they have Dr. Dude's Excellent Ray, which is a pinball game that we sort of based our, our newest album off of. Okay. So met those guys, and, and they do some really cool live content in their studio. So since last year, we've been trying to get us over there to do a stream. And with all the quarantine stuff now, um, two of our members couldn't make it back to the city to do our stream tonight. But Steve is still going to go over there. We're still going to do a virtual interview. Our fans can ask him questions. He's going to give us a sort of a rig rundown on, on all of his guitars and, you know, just trying to stay relevant, living on the internet. Dude. And uh, we, got, we got a lot of other stuff, too, that, that we're going to try to come out with tonight. I think Will and Charlie are at the Void property, and they're going to stream something that they're just jamming on over there, and they're doing a lot of groundwork for our festival this fall, so um that's where they're that's where they're at and that's where they're from is, is oakdale louisiana so we're just trying to stay stay relevant and stay connected through uh webcams and all these these technological advances you know yeah it's man cool. it is pretty cool uh zoom like we were talking about right before we started kind of blowing up i mentioned that uh i'm having dinner with like my whole family tonight it's uh it's pretty innovative stuff uh you do what you can been there a while but now it's like that's the only thing people can technically rely on since everybody's sort of by themselves but yeah man um so what can what were the the times tonight for uh because i saw i saw your poster yeah so steve's gonna be at the mystic crew at seven and then will and charlie are gonna go live at nine and we got our homie Otto, who's gonna do a dj set from his living room in new orleans at midnight so And then actually Sofa King, which is a cool new festival, I'd call it, is uh, going to stream Will and Charlie's set at nine too. So and Zach Edwards is playing with. That's our that's our little buddy. So awesome. And then uh, you know we'll we'll probably let let the people know. You know that's we'll we'll keep doing that till we till we they stop us. I guess. Yeah, dude. I mean. If you just look at the general landscape in the music industry right now, it's everyone's doing it. Everyone's streaming to the best that they can. I mean, it's it's getting hard in some places. Like up here in New York, obviously, it's like the epicenter of this shit. Like it's locked down. It's tough to even imagine like getting a few people together in like a friend's basement. It's get it's getting to that point. But there are some places in the country that there's still going to be some good music happening. And I know that Louisiana is up there on that list too now. Yeah, dude. Per capita, we we're growing way too fast, and uh, that was kind of why we we ended up not being able to play live in the studio tonight. Was Will and Charlie decided it was probably best to 
to stay out in Oakdale and and there is way more rugged and in the woods so away from the city life a little bit and I have enough here to keep me busy I'm just kind of sitting at my computer going through years of footage and sort of editing my own sort of piece but yeah man it's just everybody's relying on what everybody was already kind of relying on but now it's it's weird that it's the only option you know social media definitely took a a a boost in the previous years but now it's like you got nothing else so yeah and i see a lot of our musician friends doing it uh and once a day almost down here and it's almost gotten to a point where i think they're not playing original songs so facebook is even taking their their videos down because they're just like playing cover songs and stuff right. and which is crazy in a whole nother fashion like they won't even let you play a a cover of a bob marley tune or something like just on your acoustic guitar without saying no you can't do that but hawks man that's crazy i know i know there's other ways though the facebook's not the only thing no. out there that's i mean we're not on facebook right now we're on zoom so exactly i've been trying to push this like i'm i'm launching this uh live stream platform that i think would be pretty cool because it'll kind of consolidate things but i'm trying to push artists away from the facebook live format because it has a lot of limitations it kind of muddles things up it, it makes it harder to kind of reach new audiences you're kind of just like going in the same circle with the same people and it's really it's more like who you're friends with as opposed to who's a fan of your band it kind of limits you in certain ways so there are different platforms out there and i think that i mean i've always thought that the music industry was always like a few years late on social media trends like if you remember myspace was like totally obsolete like 10 years ago except there were musicians still using myspace it was like the the musician platform and you're kind of seeing that now facebook it's like people are kind of moving away from facebook to a certain degree whether it's new social media platforms like i mean for live streaming purposes twitch youtube live like TikTok live all kinds of different things um facebook live i wouldn't consider to be like the preeminent one but when it comes to the music industry it still kind of has persisted so i'm trying to like see who's moving away from that platform, what platforms they're using. And it's, it's interesting to see kind of the progression of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know what you mean on like going in circles with the same people that you interact with maybe every day online or the same fans that have liked your stuff for a couple of years now. And it's like, I don't know, maybe it's, they want you to boost and, and give them money so that exactly. they can reach something a little bit wider than, than your normal circuits, circuits, but yeah, it's all the circuits, man. We just want to get back to playing on stage, to be honest. Right. I mean, we're grateful. We're grateful to share all this content that we've been sitting on for so long, though. So this time we are actually spending time to edit, and we got a lot of great live videos that our buddy Steve Richardson, who's actually up where you are, he's in Delaware. He uh, used to live in New Orleans, and he's filmed more of us than anybody as far as live videos. So we're going to be releasing a Tibois video, which is one of the coolest, swampiest Louisiana festivals ever. And uh, it happened two weeks ago. So we call it the last gig on earth. So we'll release that. We got two sets from that coming out and uh, 
there's just it's all about how much content you can keep somebody's attention span for like right and all these player bands travel with almost audio and video recording yeah. in, in the jam world i guess i mean not every type of music wants every show filmed because they may not be bringing something fresh to every show but some of the newer and bigger bands are that's a big thing and nugs is obviously a big streaming platform for bands like that and you know people subscribe people pay a lot of money for for couch tours so Definitely. i even saw that getting hit before coronavirus right i mean that was i like watching multi-camera really good mixed audio on my my living room so Hell yeah, man. Like, I've been watching Fish live streams for 10 years, and yeah, and they're great. And I've always, before this started, I've been saying that it's moving in that direction. Um, the question is, how long is it going to take? Obviously, this is like a, a kick in the ass. Like, there's no question that bands are going to develop their capabilities in that kind of side of, of, uh, of content creation, I guess you would call it. The question for me is bands that are that really like base their kind of their character behind their live performance are they going to continue to bring live streams out and i think they will especially when you look at bands like the leaders in the field like dopapod and aqueous if those guys are doing it if goose is definitely doing it and being successful uh i think you're going to see a lot of the bands that are coming up also doing it just if you think about it with like the streamlined donations that you can do on some of these streaming platforms, it could just be another revenue source. Like if you're playing your show and you're making a certain amount of money and then you've got a certain other amount of money coming in just because you're live streaming. I mean, yeah, I guess the balance is are, are people are locals missing your shows because they're just watching on their couch. I don't think they would be. I think they'd be going for the live shit. Yeah. I think the balance is still there and people that like to be in the sauce still will go pay to be in the sauce and then you know i know a lot of people that do both and might subscribe to watch another show that they can't go to so and obviously the channels of grateful dead and and fish kind of started that whole thing with with the audio sort of taping and and that world and just giving their music away and letting fans hear what they do different each night yep. you know not all genres of music rely on that you know that was that was like the i guess the fight against selling records so for sure well think about this like as a, as a touring band you got to play shows on tuesdays and wednesdays every now and then um you got people in your home base that still would be probably more likely to watch a, a live stream show on a weeknight it's i think it just opens a lot of things up especially for a touring band and you do have to play those weeknight shows. Um, but like, even for a band that's not touring, even for a band that's just trying to like get their, get their sound out to greater audiences. I think there's something there and we're definitely, we're going to see an acceleration of kind of what that looks like over the next few weeks, months, whatever it ends up being. Um, hopefully weeks. There's some good production companies too that are, I don't know if you caught the Space Cadet stream uh, a couple nights ago, maybe a week ago, but yeah. they did it at aisle five and they did it right. It was, it was really, really impressive. It was, 
it was better. It was better than anything that I've ever seen. Just watching as as, as it happened, you know, I've seen a lot of great multi-camera like films of some of my favorite artists, but the fact that they were able to make it look that cinematic live was very impressive. So that's all. It wasn't weird that there was no crowd. They didn't even, I mean, they had a, almost like a guy on stage with them with a handheld camera that was able to like, you know, move to the music a little bit. And and that was, that was unbelievable. I do video work too. So I, I pay attention to the, the cinematic style of, of the way people film concerts. And I've always been a fan of concert films. Uh, I mean, John Mayer put out a concert film in 2007. I th- I'm pretty sure he filmed it on like film, on tape. But it was, it was some of the, the coolest stuff I've ever seen at the time, obviously. And then the band, the last Waltz concert film, that was life-changing in the I mean in that time period so that's that's definitely what I've always enjoyed is is watching a full concert in a very cinematic fashion and then it started to kind of change whenever the live streaming started but they like Space Cadet almost brought it back to to that it was it was really good it was really good that's pretty awesome I mean I know that some bands around here were trying to do something uh, a nug stream like space bacon and some some philly bands they were trying to do something in pennsylvania and it was going to be like a seven camera crew and it ended up getting shut down because of new restrictions but yeah. it sounds like it was it was going to be on that level um i'm not sure if they can still do that in atlanta um but pretty awesome that they did i should i will definitely check it out yeah, I, I hope that you can watch. I'm not sure if you can watch it again or, or how they're doing that, but I'm pretty sure you could. And pretty sure they raised enough funds to pay the crew and to pay the venue, make sure everybody was taken care of to make it happen. I mean, the light show was nothing short of amazing. Uh, so there was, there was a lot of people involved, but only probably 10. So 10 or less at the time. At six feet distance. So. With the restrictions for sure. Yeah. And that's a great venue. We had played there on uh, New Year's Eve with Voodoo Visionary, who's also uh, out of Atlanta. So, Aisle 5, great venue. Shout out, Atlanta. But meeting all kind of good bands that are, you know, coming up from all these regions all over the country, and and they're, uh, they're putting in the work, dude. It's, it's really – it's a crazy time to be in music. Yeah. It's sure. even crazier now. <laughs> in, now in now the it's crazy time to be – Now's the craziest time to be in pretty much any field, I think. Um, yeah. If you're working at a grocery store, you're fucking, yeah, craziness. Um, I don't even want to go. I, <laughs> I, I'm panicking every time I walk in and I see, like, the same employees over the last two weeks. And I'm like, man. Yeah, man. Y'all are really the heroes. I went to, uh, to Trader Joe's. I got there 15 minutes before it opened. So I'm there at 845. The line's already around the corner. So I'm like, screw this. I went to the expensive place. I got, I was in and I was out. I spent like way too much, but it was just like, man, I would, it would have been another hour and a half. Like if I had done the Trader Joe's thing, it's just craziness. But yeah, just, they, they still have to like see all those people going through the checkout. It's like, I'm trying to avoid people in any way, shape or form, you know? Yeah. So. Walking my dog. I'm like, nope. 
let's go over there. Let's go yeah. over there. Like, I'm, she, I'm walking you in. Can't, you can't say hi to any dogs today. I know. Um, yeah, it's funny in CVS because I do – I will go to the CVS on the corner. Like, if you go down the aisle, like, people will, like, turn the other way. Everyone's, like, trying to, like, maintain that. But it's just – it's an awkward world that we live in right now. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But so what do you see? Like, I've, I haven't been – I was supposed to come to New Orleans for, for Jazz Fest, obviously – not going to i haven't canceled my flight yet so you never know but jazz fest is postponed um how do you see this impacting the new orleans music scene like can the clubs withstand like being closed for a few months i don't know i i I don't know intimately the enough of like the economy with new orleans in the scene like what do you see like the fallout being i know katrina was obviously a huge disruption um but like this is so different because musicians can't like go play in Houston, you know, they can't, they can't like go to another city and kind of make ends meet. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, everyone's in the same boat, obviously, but how do you think the city comes back? Yeah. I mean, this is something that obviously halted the whole planet, which I don't know if we ever expected to see something that would stop the world in our lifetime. So yeah, it's, in a city like New Orleans that relies so heavily on bar industry, not even just music industry, but bar industry, that is definitely a big side of, of the, the population that, I mean, lives and works out here is bartenders, restaurants, cooks, hostess, waiters, waitress. Um, it's, and you know, the restaurants are still, still open, still banging it out, giving to go orders as I'm sure they are in New York. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's pretty weird to think that our profession has always been, Hey, let's cram as many people as we can into this, this tiny club yeah. and let's get them all sweaty and, and mosh pit or something. And now I don't know if that's the most appetizing thing for somebody like to go out and, and do that. I don't, I'm not sure if that will just snap back once this is over, because it, I mean, if this even ends on one specific time period, I don't know if it'll mentally kind of stay with people. Like, I don't know if people will really be interested to go back and pack themselves into a small club. And it's that's gonna- kind of what we were doing down here was right. besides outdoor shows or outdoor festivals but it's uh it's sort of weird to still think about and I don't even know if I have an answer or an assumption it's like I hope that something can bounce back the the industry because it's needed and if you think about even festivals like the big ones you know Coachella Bonnaroo that's hundreds hundreds of thousands of people that are there's distance obviously but I don't know if there is, you know, you're still intermingling with in a span of four or five days, you're still crossing a whole bunch of paths. Yeah. You know, it's, it's different than just coming to a 500 person room for five hours. Yep. You know, it's weird. It's weird. So we just hope that we can play music for new Orleans and the rest of the world again this year, at least, you know? Yeah. I mean, what I've been thinking about a lot is like, I mean, 
going back to fish it's like a band that big that plays to thousands of people like this could restrictions could stretch into the summer regardless of what happens with the crisis you know if things calm down there still could be restrictions on like groups of 500 or more like we could that could be a big problem for festivals in july and august even if like the work oh man i got dogs going crazy outside oh fight and, and my dog's going crazy now too but um yeah so there's gonna be there could be fallout in terms of just like gathering sizes like so i think that a tour like that a summer tour like that's probably gonna get canceled but like for smaller bands that typically play to under 500 people you could have an opportunity especially when those bigger bands don't have the opportunity um obviously it's all speculation we don't know how it's gonna go but um it could be interesting yeah it's just it's an idea of of, you know even these rescheduled festivals that were supposed to happen this spring and it's like how how difficult is it really to book the who twice like in one year but i mean that's jazz fest speaking but yeah if they have that kind of pool like props but I don't know. Maybe, maybe you start seeing headliners like, no, I'm not going to do it this year. And, and maybe they start going after the lower tier or medium tier bands that yeah. to fill their, their bills or. It's another side of it, man. Like I know summer camp is rescheduling to August instead of May, something like that. There's going to be some bands that can't do it now. So there's definitely yeah. going to be a shakeup on some of these lineups. Um, and We're playing summer camp. That'll be fun. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So whenever it happens, we're going to go and play it. We're grateful to be at least on these bills right now, even if they do reschedule. I mean, we're not the kind of band that, that has a year in advance scheduled yet. So we're, we're very lucrative to accept whatever dates they throw our way. And of course, yeah. But I hope that that doesn't take away from, you know, people like, Oh, you know, I'm not going because this person's not going now or that kind of stuff. I I almost think it would go the opposite way where music fans would just be like, I am craving something. I am craving some type of stage lights, PA system, regardless of who's up there. So no question. And I think, I think that's how it's going to be, you know, couch tour is cool and all, but again, if people want to be in the sauce, they're going to pay to be in the sauce. There's no question. And people are going to be, if, if this stretches on a month or two, people are going to be so hungry to get out there, especially the people that are most likely to be in the sauce, as you would say. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I mean, there's, just, there's going to be incredible demand for whenever things relax. There might be some like uh, existing anxiety um, about groups. Uh, who knows what it's going to look like? Things change so much day to day, man. Like I remember... I think when I first brought brought up a, a podcast interview to you, maybe it was like a week and a half ago, things in Louisiana weren't yeah. like nearly as bad. It was like maybe you had like five or six people or something. Well, they're testing more here now. That's that's the thing. And the biggest thing. some areas aren't still testing as much as we are. So per capita, that's why it looks like we're For up sure. there with these numbers and, and such. And, and it's a it's great scary. thing. It really is, but – you look at Texas, the numbers are clearly way too low. You know, it's stuff like that is concerning. So, yeah, 
you, you have no one has any idea what it's going to look like a week from now, considering that a week and a half ago, we had no idea what it was going to look like this today. Like, it's true. Crazy stuff, man. That T-Bois show, it was the, it, the festival had started, you know, and it was the same time where the governor was like, okay, we actually have to shut down clubs. We actually have to stop gatherings 500 or less. And then like the next day it was like, okay, actually 250 or less. So they had to only sell 249 tickets and, and they were able to have it because it, it started, it started on Thursday and right. people were out there and you know, you can't, it was still a private event. So it's crazy. You can go why we call it the last gig on earth. Cause we really don't know. So right. you'll see some video from it later. I'm sure. But definitely crazy. How it can go from 500 to 250 to 50 to 10 now they're like in Germany. And now it's like, hey, don't even see anybody. If you yeah. don't live, don't see them. And yep, don't see anyone. Like, don't visit your parents. It's not worth it. You could be asymptomatic. You know? Yeah, that scares me. That definitely scares me. That's why I kind of stayed in New Orleans and yeah. you know, hunkered down this way. But it's not the way to do it, man, just stay in your place. They're telling all these people that like left New York City, which I can understand why they did because it's blowing up here, but. All these people that went to like Long Island and Florida and wherever, now they have to quarantine for 14 days. So it's like, if you're leaving, then you're just going to be stuck wherever you're going. It's just, I don't know. Everyone should just stay put for at least two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll help. It'll help as they're, as they're admitting at least. And it's pretty crazy because we have planned a spring festival for the last spring and summer festival the last four years and the one year we decide all right we're doing a fall festival all the festivals are going to the fall so we'll yeah see what happens. but our festival is small man we 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 cap our tickets at 500 people anyway so it's good and bad though i mean bad because yeah there might be some more competition but it's good because you're not dealing with the fallout man uh that's that's a nice position to be in um i've i've talk, talked with uh festivals like beard fest which is in june they were going to drop uh their lineup last weekend aren't able to do it uh probably going to have to consider other dates so you guys are in an enviable position um i mean while i've still got you here is there anything you want to talk about the festival specifically i was just thinking last year at this time we were just i mean it was the weather the weather right now in louisiana is like beautiful which is the, the weirdest kind of hardest part to deal with because last year when we were playing all these, these spring festivals, it was just muck. It was just cold and rainy. And even our festival, we were, we had to move locations last minute last year to go into an indoor sort of it's, uh, I got, I guess I got to back up a little bit to explain, but Will and Charlie's great grandfather owned the, the first lumber yard of central Louisiana in like the forties. So there was this piece of property that we've always sort of envied and, and wanted to clean up and, and give it a shot to almost like prove to their family. We can, we can throw a music event out there and they saw how hard we worked on this other piece of property about 20 miles from there, but it was way more of a cow pasture style event. And we just got annihilated the night before. We, the biggest rainstorm, biggest windstorm came through. Temperature dropped to like 50 degrees. I mean, it was just miserable. So we, 
had to cancel it. And, and the family was like, yeah, y'all can go and use Lumberyard. So there's this beautiful dance hall there that sounds incredible. It looks incredible. They don't make buildings like this anymore. And it was built from all the wood that was kind of cut down from that area. So it's, it's a unique festival. It's industrial. It's sort of like Cajun country. It's sort of outside still, but it, there's nothing like it. And nobody will ever experience a festival like Fet Du Bois. And I can honestly say that. So now that's where we have it, is, is at the lumber yard. And it's called the Hardwood, Hardwood Mill. And it's in Oakdale, Louisiana. So this year it's October 2nd and 3rd, which is still happening as of now. Tickets are on sale. We haven't released any lineups. Um, we weren't planning to anyway. Again, I guess we're kind of, we're kind of lucky that we're not having to go through any types of reschedules at the moment. And, but last year we really were freaking out at this point because we were just looking at the weather nonstop. And we had a 50 band lineup, I think coming through. I mean, it was, it was huge. Look how big that lineup was. Right. So we did, we, we tried and uh, we ended up throwing two festivals last year. And uh, that's what I'm, I'm trying to make a documentary about it right now to explain that to, to the general public. And that's a good project, man. I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's uh, <laughs> I'm still storyboarding. We'll call it that. I have a lot of footage though. So it's uh, it's a beautiful experience and we ended up doing it last year, September 27th and 28th. So that's why we say we did two right. and it was amazing. It was really special it was like the end of summer so it was like dry it was still really hot but it wasn't it wasn't like june hot i don't know people that have been to the south know what i'm talking about yeah man i lived in new orleans for five years I, yeah, I experienced yeah. a couple junes down there Whew. two maybe three um, that's enough that's about yeah. enough um so you try to get up to where y'all are in like may june july and i you remember know. yeah probably not looking so good for that <laughs> yeah everything's pushing back a little bit but hey man we're we're in the we're in it for the long haul yeah for sure we got nothing else going on besides what we've been building the last five years as a band as a crew uh we have a lot of people that support what we do and we hope to grow that number and we support what they do as well it's it's a big community down here it's it's sort of unlike anything I've ever been a part of it's it's something we've all dreamt of being a, a part of and we built it and we really have a special special thing and uh we try to get the best regional bands that we can but also showcase a whole bunch of louisiana talent and there's a lot there's yeah. a lot there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of people in louisiana that kill it in everything man i mean it's uh it's greater than music we we hate to we hate to restrict any type of art and uh, this is the place to do it. So that's why we try to put on this, this sort of platform that, yeah, there's a lot of music events in Louisiana and a lot of festivals, but there's really none like this. There is no type of gathering like this. So. I mean, yeah, it, it's great to see because when I lived in New Orleans, I mean, I'm from the Northeast. Obviously the festival circuit up here has been kind of, doing its thing for a while and new orleans kind of only had or louisiana at large only really had 
jazz fest and then maybe like a, a few festivals here and there definitely like you're saying nothing like bet the void um i don't know if anyone's got anything like bet the void like you were saying tibwa so, we tibwa was a fan of ours and, and a fan of mine and and i was familiar with what it was and then we met the guys involved and they're two brothers that basically grew a giant family reunion and that was sort of what we've always dreamt of and and uh we, we hope that one day we can build structure like they have out, out on their piece of property. And, and we already have structure built, obviously, but it's old warehouses and, and old, it, it's, it's unique. And uh, I would have to show you to explain it because it's, it's unlike any type of festival grounds that, that you would almost attend. Except for, have you ever heard of that festival? Man, it was in Birmingham, but I can't remember the name at the but it was it was at an old sort of like mine or an old well, factory they, or something, and they, they don't have it anymore. What's the one in like uh, West Virginia, maybe or something like that? It's like Cave Fest. They do it in the cave. I think uh, cool. I don't remember who was on that one. Maybe Papadozio or something. That was supposed to happen in June or something. But um, that there's one, a lot of great festivals that have built great festival grounds. Yeah, and I feel cool. like. That's what we can do with with Fet Du Bois. You well, know, it's some looking, festivals like Jazz Fest build it and tear it down, and then it's you know I, I I envy that, but we don't really have those type of resources. You know, we we try to upcycle and and turn some trash into something that is art. And hell yeah, that's what uh that's what we're trying to do. So. Well, it's looking like I'm going to like spend my, the entire month of October down south at festivals and shit. So I would love to check it out. Um, it Absolutely. sounds like the coolest. So, I mean, I'm, I'm always into cool festivals like Beard Fest, like Fet Du Void. Um, do you know Beard Fest up here in Jersey? No, I need, a, I need to check that one out. Yeah, that's a cool one, man. It, it's also small. It's like on a lake. Um, very cool bands playing in it. It's it's up your guys' alley. You should um, look into that one for sure. Definitely will. Yeah. We're trying to bring the swampy goodness to everybody that wants it. Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we're getting close on time here. Um, thanks for coming on Jamcast with me. Let's, we're going to get this live for you guys on, uh, on your night of streaming for the Iceman special. Um, Covoid. Covoid 19. <laughs> Covoid 19. Gotta have, uh, gotta have some comedy, man, in these hard, hard times. But also, we hope that the rest of the world finds it, uh, finds it to help this, the light of the situation. I guess you know. Yeah, man. Gotta have music. Gotta have comedy. Gotta have the arts in some capacity, and then hopefully it gets back to normal, and we can stop talking about this fucking virus. We'll turn into Mad Max and just play on like a Mardi Gras float, and just never stop. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. This feels like kind of like zombie apocalypse light. Like it does, but then you look outside and like flowers are blooming and uh, sun's out. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't really cruel, know. What to believe. Cruel, cruel irony that it's getting nice right now. I know. Anyway, yeah, man. Thanks for calling, man. Let's uh, let's keep in touch and keep that northeast south connection rolling. Absolutely, dude. Thanks again. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it here and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cool, man. See ya.